You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, October 3rd. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but I promise you, not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, just in case you find my tweets a little bit annoying. Maybe you don't like the pop culture stuff that I throw in there, or the memes, or the ridiculousness. I like to live tweet and do all sorts of chicanery and nonsense over at Lockdown Padres. And then if you want to, speaking of chicanery and nonsense, because today's a special episode, I had to come with the crazy fit. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, even the thumbnail for the YouTube, I ain't going to spoil it. Because it's a good fit to celebrate that the San Diego Padres, if you're listening to this, you probably know by now, have clinched themselves a spot in this year's playoffs. And we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We're going to be talking about this weekend series as well. Probably not too much. And then going to be looking forward to kind of uh, what comes next, I guess, for the Padres. Because there's a lot to talk about here. But uh, mostly, we're going to be celebrating, ladies and gentlemen. Because while the Padres certainly did not play well this weekend. Um, they lost two out of three to the White Sox, which isn't great because the Chicago White Sox are a team that, as I talked with my good buddy uh, Jack McMullen uh, on Friday's episode, we talked about how the White Sox are my fear for what the Padres could become at some point, right? Which is a team that has a lot of talent on it and was the big bee's knees, the exciting thing in the league that then kind of falters and falls off. Go check out that episode for more of the comparison points. But they um, they still end up clinching the playoff spot despite the series over the weekend. And I guess let's just quickly kind of recap any takeaways from that, right? The Padres' offense really didn't show up, all right? And it's a shame that they didn't show up in two of the games, I should say. Not all of them, all right? For Friday's game, they lost 3-1. to one. It was Mr. Davis Martin, who Jack talked about. Uh, you know, young guy. He's got some potential. I'm not going to dive deep into you know, what's going to come of this guy's career or the prospects of him. It's more rather that the Padres seem to have a remarkable ability to struggle against these young guys who have a small record, small sample size, I guess, right? You've seen what happened with the Diamondback starters. You've seen what happened with my man Davis Martin here. I'm telling you, man, as I joked on Twitter, go pick up some some 23-year-old who has a, a 6.928 ERA and double A, heck, single A, you're bringing up for one start if it's against the Padres. Apparently, they'll just be swinging and missing. Uh, so that game was pretty frustrating um, for the most part. Um, and, it, and it kind of wasted a U Darvish start. That wasn't perfect. He did give up eight hits in this one and three runs. But, again, three runs. This guy just does not give up more than that. He's probably going to be the starter for the first game of the three-game set that they end up playing. That should be really fun. I trust you, Darvish, implicitly. But... You know, with all of that, it does need to be mentioned that, you know, Padres' offense doesn't show up. Trent Grisham, two really bad strikeouts in this game. Um, it started becoming, it was a little bit trendy, I noticed, when this happened because it was once again caught looking, uh, a, ch- a change up on the outside corner of the play. It was annoying to see because Grisham, 
man, it's just kind of, I don't know why he's batting there in a lot of ways. Like, I don't know how this happens, <laughs> right? It's just, it's really frustrating. Uh, Austin Nola 0 for 4 in that game as well. Brandon Jury, who's been slightly heating up a little bit lately. I have some hope that he could become a little bit of a, a playoff guy. You know, maybe not necessarily have a good tenure with the Padres, but given that he's gotten a lot of extra base hits, maybe he can do something there. Um, but that's it for that game. So that was really disappointing. That was really disappointing. But thankfully, those lovely Brewers did not have a good weekend either. So these this two out of three loss, this two out of three series loss that the Padres suffered here didn't kill them as much as it could have. Um, Saturday, they won against one Sir Dylan Cease, who went five innings, gave up four earned runs, and walked four. Dylan Cease, a fringe, not even a fringe, just a borderline like top five Cy Young probably candidate. Talked about that with this. Um, talked about this with Jack on Friday as well. He tends to walk a whole lot of batters, but man, does he get a lot of swings and misses among some of the best strikeout stuff basically in the league. Um, personally, uh, next year in your fantasy baseball drafts, be a little bit careful of drafting Dylan Cease. I think he's going to be good, but I think because he was so good this year, he's going to go a little bit too high. That walk rate might catch up to him. But anyway, um, the Padres end up making up for it anyway, despite. You know, on in theory, the matchup isn't great, right? Mike Clevenger versus Dylan Cease. I've given Mike Clevenger a lot of crap, but in this game, he's fine. Six innings, only one earned run. He struck out three. Didn't walk any batters, which was key. Um, and the Padres' offense did enough. 5-2 score, like I said. We got a Manny Machado home run. That was rad to see. We got a Juan Soto home run. And it is worth mentioning that heading into yesterday, Juan Soto has been on a tear. All right, don't get me wrong. His tenure with the Padres has been slightly disappointing uh, based on how much was given up for him, and he went through that really big slump for a little bit. But he's been performing like a superstar for a while now. Heading into yesterday's game, last 14 games, 321, 438, 585 slash line, three homers, and a 188 WRC+. plus. So he's been on fire. Hopefully he can carry that into the postseason. And hopefully Manny, who homered in this game, can break out of his slump in time for the postseason. Maybe he's just getting it out of his system right now. He's just like, I need to just not hit for a little bit. I'm saving it for what matters, which is the playoffs, right? Totally possible. Totally possible. It's just, you got to get hot at the right time. That's what's so fun about the playoffs, where it's just all that long season, all that stuff, as far as I'm concerned, goes out the window. At least a good amount of it does. Um, and then you had Sunday's game, which I'll go over really quickly. 2-1 loss for the Padres. After Lance Lynn was the pitcher for the White Sox. And I was a little bit annoyed by this one. Lance Lynn, not a bad pitcher. Certainly not a bad pitcher. Uh, trust me, I, I'd kill for this man. Uh, that, that'd be great. Imagine him instead of Sean Maniah, right? But uh, his big thing is he doesn't walk a lot of batters. He only walks one in this game. Goes seven innings. Strikes out five. I was expecting a little bit more. Uh, to be perfectly honest, against Lance Lynn, he hasn't had the best season in the world. He's getting a little bit up there in age. That's probably why. You know, he's probably peaked. He had that nice, you know, stretch from 2020 onwards. I think 2020 and 2021, he was awesome and kind of like a really big trade-like target for a reason. Nowadays, he's a little bit past his prime. But I'm more annoyed also because Blake Snell had yet again another great start. Six innings, one earned run. One walk, six Ks, did not walk a lot of batters, threw a lot of pitches, but still went six innings and struck out a lot of batters. And it's funny, good friend of the show, Bryce Bryce Patter, he started talking a little bit of smack, you know? Because in my video 
last night that you might have seen on the Lockdown Padres Twitter. I mentioned, you know, it's annoying because Lance Lynn is not that not the greatest right now pitcher in the world. And then Bryce responded, what, what are you talking about, you fool? You know, what are you talking about? He called me a fool for thinking that he's not great. And I said, well, I mean, he is good. He is good. Maybe I was mistaken. He's not bad. He's good. And then he responded saying, yeah, but uh, Lynn is the Chad Innings eater and this whole, and then Blake Snell is the elbow snoring and all this stuff. And I looked at that and I said, whoa, 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 Hold on a second. He said, Lynn actually gets strikeouts and doesn't walk 30 batters a start? Boy, what in the tarnish? So I had to ratio the fool. You guys can go see that. As I mentioned, let's be very clear. Lance Lynn, not a bad pitcher, but Blake Snell has been in infinitely better this year just based off the factors that he mentioned 24.5 percent strikeout rate for Lance Lynn 32.5 for Blake Snell Snell also has a 3.5 f4 while Lance Lynn only a 1.7 so I don't want to hear it um unfortunate though to bring it back to to focus again uh unfortunate end to it but thankfully because of the Marlins with my boy Brian De La Cruz over with the Marlins especially in the Saturday game they beat the Brewers, which, even despite the loss that the Padres had, put them into the playoffs, which which was expected. Uh, the Padres were in a good position in which both the Phillies and Brewers losing were good for them because you have that third wild card this year, right? The Padres could fall to wild card spot number three. That's possible, but it still means you're in the playoffs. And boy, do we have to talk about wild card spot number three. Boy, do we. But before we talk about that, before we talk about that, I need to talk to you about some goody good. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I had myself a nice, tasty weekend. You know? Sat back. Long week of work. I figured, you know what? I need a snack. I need to satisfy my sweet tooth. You know what I'm saying? So what did I do? I had a built Bar. Simple as that. Not only are these things super yummy. I mean, I mean super duper yummy, guys. They're also healthy for you. And if you haven't tried built Bar Puffs yet, you absolutely should. They've got the cookie dough chunk puff. It's really great. It's almost like the way I kind of equate it is like an Almond Joy versus the Mound. You know, the Mound is kind of like what you're looking for with the puff. Except it's, they're both similar textures to both of those candy bars. You know what I'm saying? But they're 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 really good, guys. That's bottom line is what you have to do. Um, cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, covered in 100% real chocolate. <laughs> Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Man, just compare those to all of your candy bars and whatnot. You are vibing, you are thriving with built bar puffs, ladies and gentlemen, and the regular built bars too. But we're talking about the puffs because puffs deserve some love too, you know? I think the only puff that got a lot of love was like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and Ghostbusters. We need the puff. Puff Daddy gets some love, I think. Is that a real person? I think it is. I don't remember. Anyway, enough of that, ladies and gentlemen. What's great about this, of course, is the protein, all of that stuff. You guys should check it out. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, one more time. That is, say it to yourself right now. Did you get it right? Promo code locked on 50, ladies and gentlemen, for your built bar goodness. But we got to keep moving, ladies and gentlemen. 
we got to keep moving. We got to talk about playoff stuff because that's what happened this weekend. That's what's so fun. The Padres clinched after a long, I mean, what a season, ladies and gentlemen. What what a season of ups and downs and not a lot of joker from your boy this year. I think that Snell's, Snell doing well this year uh, took away a lot of the joker thing. But the biggest joker thing, which we'll talk about a little bit later, happened. But, you know... The big thing is going to be now this last series against San Francisco. And it's not big in the sense of, oh man, we got to see what's going on. I'm going to be, you know, talking about the series this week as well. Don't get me wrong, but we have to see whether or not the Padres are going to get the third or second or third or third. Hold on. Shh, shh. It's really late for me right now. Give me one second. The second or third wildcard spots because the first wildcard spot is either going to Atlanta or New York. That is not changing whatsoever. Um, after this past weekend, uh, the Mets got swept. It was really embarrassing for them, throwing out their DeGrom and Scherzer and it not turning out well for them. After that, it looks like, looks like, unless Atlanta were to blow a lot of these next games and then the Mets were to win, like, all three, that the Mets will be wild card number one. Then that leaves the Padres for number two or three with the Brewers or the Phillies being the last team. I don't know which one of those teams is going to make it. It might be the Phillies because of the Brewers losing to the Marlins. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. What a pathetic team. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out. But the other thing is going to be, do you, what kind of, do the Padres want the third wildcard spot or the second wildcard spot? And the reason I say that is because you look at the old matchups. Who could the Padres face? All right. If you get the sixth seed, the Padres would have to play through the Cardinals and then the Braves in order to potentially win the World Series, or at least get to the World Series, my mistake. Or the other side of things is if you go the second route, second wildcard spot, you get the Mets and Dodgers. Here's my takeaway from that. There's two takeaways. Number one, I do not think... That in general, in life, I do not like doing the, I want to see who we're matched up with in round one. Not usually. I think in the NBA, that's a little bit more true. Just in my experience that, yeah, I really don't want to get matched up with a certain team that doesn't fit our play style. Because I do think sometimes if things kind of go the right way and you get matched up with the whatever team that you're really good against around one, but not the team that maybe is a little bit worse, but it's your weakness. I don't know. That's again, that's pure speculation. I feel like in the NBA for football, kind of similar, right? But you really want to just make sure you get the home field advantage and that's it. And you get the buy for baseball. And, and again, even with all that I just qualified with, I'm not into this whole, which is the easier route. You know what I mean? I like talking about the easier route when it call it, when we're talking about just what's a better division overall when we're heading into the season. What's a tougher division to come out of? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Like, which is harder to get out of? But with this, my thing is, these are going to be hard games no matter what. I don't want to go down the road of this is easier. It is easier to face the Atlanta Braves. Now, don't get me wrong. Call me a hypocrite. I was joking on Friday's episode saying... Look, the Atlanta Braves, it's still Atlanta sports. The curse of Freddie Freeman, it could happen, right? Like, it, it, they could absolutely beat them. But for me, the Cardinals are a extremely just devilish, devilishly consistent team when it comes to playoffs and when it comes to just kind of surprising people. Don't get me wrong, they haven't won the World Series in a while, but they've 
consistently put up a good fight against a lot of teams, even when they shouldn't have. If you recall, back in 2020, the Padres were clearly superior to the Cardinals that year. And don't get me wrong, it was still a three-game series and anything can happen, but that's my thing, is anything can happen. So the Cardinals took the Padres to that third game. If not for that incredible, obviously, the bat flip from Tatis, the double home runs from him, and Will Myers, like, if not for all that, Padres might have gotten eliminated so early, right, in their first postseason run since 2006, right? So for me, I'm not all into necessarily analyzing which is easier, which is not easier, right? Because I just think these things can shake out in so many different directions and that in theory, you don't want to face the Mets, but then look what happened this weekend, right? So we don't, we don't know for sure. And I think it's a little bit of a mistake to, to go that way. I just don't like the vibe of it. I don't like doing this matchup game. Right, the Cardinals are still going to throw out Adam Wainwright. They've still got an excellent defensive group. They've got some firearms in the back of that bullpen with Gallegos and with Ryan Helsley. And I get it; their starting pitching doesn't scare you. But for me, I think a big thing about the Cardinals is that with their defense, with Arenado, with Goldschmidt, with Tommy Edmond, with Tyler O'Neill, with Dylan Carlson, with they don't have Harrison Bader anymore, but they just they have a lot of Gold Glovers on that team, man. So my thing is. I just worry a little bit that maybe the starting pitching for them, yeah, they might not have a dynamite starting pitcher in that rotation of theirs, but they just have some guys that will pitch well enough and their defense will make them look a little bit better than they are. But again, it's a three-game series. You never know what happens. I will say that, yes, between those two outcomes, I would rather face the Cardinals and then the Braves for the reasons that I just mentioned to you, which are that with Atlanta at least, right? Like Atlanta, we, you know, Atlanta sports, man, you never know. So that's just my kind of vibe about it. But I don't like the idea of like losing intentionally, right? You know, like you could say, let's not throw out Musgrove for these games. And that I agree with in the sense that you probably want to give them as much rest as possible. You want to give Musgrove as much rest as possible for the playoffs. You want to give Darvish and Snell, like, like that's true. I get that perspective of it, but in general, I'm not necessarily in favor of throwing games or at least trying to think that the Padres need to lose these games because it's easier to go that one route versus another. Who knows? Fires, tempers flare, it gets it gets contested and who knows? Maybe we get ourselves that 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 Dodgers Padres rivalry super crazy series that everyone's wanting to play, right? That being said, that hasn't happened for a while, and I don't want to face the Dodgers because they've been kicking our behinds this year. So, look, we'll see which direction it goes in. Um, I don't necessarily think that I'm going to be watching those games like a hawk. I'm not going to be watching the Brewers or the Phillies like a hawk because I just don't. Look, as long as we're in, figure it out from there. And it's going to be interesting. I would actually be very curious to see if the Padres do pull some of their lineup um, these next coming days, whether or not they want to do that gamemanship. Maybe they disagree with me. And maybe they say, yeah, let's do it. We want to face the Cardinals round one. We beat them last time. We could do it again. I don't know. I, I could be dead wrong. I could be dead wrong, man. I could. But what's for sure is that, man, I can't wait for this week. And that's what I love is after a long season, at least we don't have to wait too long for the playoffs, right? At least I don't feel like I have to wait a decade for these things to get started. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be really freaky, really scary. 
Um, last time it was scary, <laughs> right? In 2020, it was very scary. But bottom line is you got to celebrate and you got to be happy with what you are. And we shouldn't get too greedy that the Padres don't necessarily face the perfect team and the perfect outcome that you might like. But now I also want to talk about the Padres season in general, a little bit of an, an ode to the 2022 Padres, which is a team that was the ultimate up and down and every single time you thought, all right, collapse is coming back. This is it. Snell doesn't start off the season well. Musgrove, after the deadline, after the extension, starts falling off a whole lot. Juan Soto, Brandon Drury, Josh Bell, all of them kind of underperforming, especially Josh Bell, who reverted into essentially a new Eric Hosmer. You know, and Eric Hosmer himself is part of this storyline, right? There's so many things this year that we had to complain about. It is the most complained about good team that I can remember covering in, in, in a long time. And this is even with the Yankee roots and the American League East roots. And this team has been complained about for so long. And maybe that's just the Padres' Twitter echo chamber. It could be. But for me, man, it's just so funny because I was part of it too. I was freaking out. Mike Clevenger, he's He's cooked. And then a lot of these things don't end up mattering, right? It's baseball is a is a it's a litmus test for sanity, because throughout the season you will just be going back and forth and back and forth on not just the individual players but your team. You're just gonna be like, all right, nope, nope. We just we just got beat by the White Sox, right? We're no good. We're no good. We're not making the playoffs or. When the Padres lost to, who was it that they got beat by that we thought, oh my god, this is a mess? Let me see here. Well, any of the Dodgers series for sure, but it was when their offense literally died for like a week. Do you guys remember that? Who was that against? Was it against Miami? I'm looking at the games right now. Yes, I, I think I, I have it pulled up right now. It was the last game of a five-game set against the Rockies where it just looks like their offense died. Yes, they scored three runs, then one run, then three run, then zero, then zero. It looked like the offense had straight up died. And everyone's freaking out. I remember that. Series. And then they play San Fran, right? Again, 7-4. Then they put up 13 and then 10. And then and then they figure things out. It was a wild season. It was a wild season in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of good vibes uh, for the most part, though. Throughout this whole season, I have been trying to be very measured because last year clearly the team got ahead of itself in a lot of ways. Um, but this year, look, the strength of this team is that trinity of a starting pitching rotation. It was great all year. Even Manaya, who has been a mess, he was good and helpful for at least the beginning portion of the year, and that still matters to a degree. Nick Martinez, who I gave a little bit of flack to that signing in the offseason, then I warmed up to it a little bit. He was an effective enough player for what he is. He's not incredible. He's not going to miss a lot of bats, but his changeup's pretty good. And sometimes, occasionally, you can backpack him for starts. He was a starter at one point, which was funny. And he was, you know, he was okay at it. You had Mackenzie Gore. You remember when he was on this team? He was like a rookie of the year candidate. And yes, he ends up getting traded and he falls off a little bit, especially after getting hurt. But he was good for when they had him, right? They, it's almost like they sucked what they had of him before trading him. Like, they're all right, we're going to get a lot of good out of you. We're going to get some wins out of you. And then they traded him. That was so much fun. You guys remember how exciting it was when Mackenzie Gore made that that first debut? I think it was against the Braves, question mark? Or was it against the Reds? 
I don't remember. I don't remember exactly, but it's that was fun, right? There was so many reasons to be excited about this Padres team. And it all culminated in the trade deadline, which was the wildest trade deadline for the Padres easily probably in team history. Um, I think that overall, the trade deadline from last year's MLB trade deadline was, was much more nuts. But the acquisition of Soto and Drury and Bell and Josh Hader, like it was incredible. And Josh Hader preceded the Wanzo thing. It was the appetizer, my friends. It was the, the I, don't, I don't even know. It was, it was just incredible. It was incredible that that happened. And while, yes, I was on the record for not being fully in support of the Josh Hader trade, he has been much better lately. And bottom line is that, that Juan Soto thing, it's one of those things that you joke about with people. It's one of those things that you talk with your Padres friends or even just your baseball fans about, which is like, wow, could you imagine if they got Soto, though? That would be nuts, right? And it was ex- it was so exciting. It was so exciting. I still maintain my belief that that wasn't the only thing the Padres could do. I thought they could have hung on to some of those assets. I thought they could have gone for some lower-cost outfield options. Maybe, I don't remember how good he's been lately, but that guy from Baltimore, what's his name? Trey Mancini, you could have gone after him. Maybe Robbie Grossman. Some decent sort of players that aren't going to cost as much, and then you can hope that you save some other guys for next year. And if you're, you're getting annoyed by that, I get that. I get that if you're a Padres fan hearing me talk about prospects, which has been a shaky not so much guarantee when it comes to the history of this organization. But for me, I look at it as, look, y'all yelled at me when I said I'm not interested in Nick Castellanos. I wouldn't hate it if they got him. Y'all yelled at me if I said, eh, no, let's not necessarily do these big deals right now. You know, maybe a Kyle Schwarber, maybe a Starling Marte. I was like, all right, look, I love those players. But I think that you got to wait because these things pan out. And then what happens? Juan Soto becomes available. So while people might be saying to me right now, hey, man, what are you talking about, Bill, for the future? You never know. Things happen. It's unpredictable. And that's what's so fun about all of this, right? It's what's so much fun. And I still remember, man, getting that notification, getting that Jeff Pass notification, man. It was great. It was great. And for the most part, that's what I think this season was. Um, don't get me wrong. Not the best of Padres teams. Um, but it was a calm team. And I think part of that is some credit to Bob Melvin. I think that Bob Melvin was like, you know what? Not hating on y'all for what you did last year with the swag chain and all this stuff, but maybe you got a little bit ahead of yourselves. Let's rear it back. Let's add some needed humility. I often don't like it when people preach humility in baseball only because oftentimes it is uh, too much humility, as in it's really like we, we can't have any other type of culture or vibe in baseball. But in this case, I actually think the Padres really needed that. And I think it was effective. It was a team that every time it looked like they were going to implode, they would not necessarily surge to the great heights and have these epic 12-run comebacks, like, say, the Mets did early on in the year, right? When they had that that ninth-inning, eight-run comeback, right? They didn't have necessarily these giant, crazy wins. They just remained a steady, consistent baseball team in a lot of ways. And they performed basically how... Everybody expected, there isn't a lot of players, there aren't a lot of players on this Padres team that surprise you. Just coming into the year, we were like, look, if you Darvish bounces back, that's not going to surprise anybody. He's you Darvish. If Blake Snell can use what he used at the end of last season, right, with his fastball slider and figure it out with Ruby Nabla, he'll be good, right? If Mike Clevenger can come back, that's something. (laughs) 
you know, but like for the most part, Joe Musgrove was great, right? There was really not a lot of surprise. Um, Manny Machado, if you're surprised by what he's doing, I don't know what you were doing the preseason. Everybody knew he was going to be great. He was probably going to finish top five, three in MVP this year, which is awesome. I love that. There wasn't a lot that was super surprising about this team. They kind of just played to what their expectations were when it comes to their roster. Hassan Kim got a little bit better, don't get me wrong. Jerickson Profar had a little bit of a better year. And then you have, you know, some guys who underperformed, like Jay Cronenworth. And then you have the super underperformer, Trent Grisham. But you had some other guys make up for that. And I think that that's what matters most, right? And the Padres had some good situational hitting as well this year. There are some concerns when it comes to the playoffs, don't get me wrong. Talk about the White Sox comparison. The White Sox last year, they made the playoffs, but they were a little bit more flash than substance. And as a result, they got their butts kicked by the Astros. Granted, the Astros are extremely good. So it might not be fair to totally hate on the White Sox for that. But, you know, with the Padres this year, in terms of run differential, not the best out of all the teams out there. Right? In terms of the actual, like, playoff teams, you can even go to the Tampa Bay Rays. They had plus 62. Padres, plus 45. It's not atrocious or anything. But aside from the Brewers, and aside from, if I'm not mistaken... Uh, the nope, the Guardians are better too. Aside from the Brewers, in terms of com- competitive teams that are playoff, you know, centric or whatever, they had the second second worst uh, run differential. The only one worse is the Brewers. Um, so it's worth at least pointing that out. I don't know how that'll transpire going forward and whatnot. Run differential isn't be all and end all as a stat, but it's just worth pointing out for what could potentially happen ahead. I'm just grateful that I got to cover this team for now the third year, which is wild. I'm rocking my swag on the camera right now, but it's really crazy to think about. Um, You know, last year was full of a lot of Joker moments, and this year did have a Joker moment. It was Tatis. The Tatis suspension after Soto came in, but this team still hung together. I would be remiss. I would be, it would behoove me. I'm using weird words today. Sorry, it's a little bit late for me. That, um... Man, I'd feel a lot more excited and all in on the Padres shocking the world in the postseason if they still had Tatis. There's something to be said for that dream lineup of being like, here's Profar as a little appetizer. You know what I mean? He's a little mozzarella stick. He's a little uh, pizza bagel, dare I say. You know what I mean? Maybe a little uh, pigs in a blanket, whatever you want. And then, oh my God, here comes the steak. Oh my Lord, here comes the... The ice cream sundae. Oh my lord almighty. Here comes the General Sow's chicken. You know, in terms of Manny Machado, Fernando Tatish, and Juan Soto. I just chose foods that I liked there. I have There's no association with either of them. Just big dishes that are good. You know? But... I think that that would have been a huge thing, right? And you could see a situation in which those guys just get hot and they go all the way. But again, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I do think that Hassan Kim could have a moment in the playoffs. That would be fun. But, man, we made it, man. It's it's a long season, and after last year, this is what you needed. And I will say, no matter what happens, if the Padres get bounced round one, if they go far, if they go to the NLCS, whatever happens... I do want to say this. I do want to say this. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to grab the computer the the camera. You know what I mean? Let me get the mic closer. All right, ready. At least Eric Hosmer 
is no longer a San Diego Padre. Am I right, folks? He is no longer a Padre. We could be happy about that. We don't have to deal with the suffering of that. Man, I'm happy that that isn't the case anymore. I'm going to write about that actually probably this week for JustBaseball.com, which you can check out and just break down one more time why I think that Eric Hosmer became so maligned, and it's not just because he wasn't very good. Um, it's more than that because he wasn't the worst player in the world. There's many, many worse players out there, but it's, and it's not even in fact, even just the money part of it. There's a lot of things. Um, but folks, I hope you enjoyed this little party corner. Um, we're definitely gonna be celebrating more as the week goes on with the playoff spot. But in terms of the rest of the week, going to be talking with Ben Kaspik for tomorrow's episode, talking about the Giants season, his vibes on the Padres, all that stuff. That should be a lot of fun. Go check out Locked on Giants. Um, really, really cool stuff. And his team could have an interesting offseason too, so I know he's not doing too bad over there, uh, considering the Giants did fall out of the playoff spot. Then going to be talking with whoever it is the Padres end up facing. My man Ryan Finkelstein of the Locked on Mets. We're, we're already engaged in talks that if it likely is Mets Padres that I do have that covered, that that'll come to you uh, for Friday in time for the weekend and the playoffs and stuff. Going to be maybe handing out some awards, doing all sorts of fun stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, the party goes on. The party goes on. With that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres. Subscribe to the YouTube to see my sweet fit. If you made it this far, let me tell you my Padres hat, my Adidas yellow shirt. I didn't have my regular Padres shirts there in the laundry. Man, I think I killed it with the fit. Let me know in the comments, and let me know any questions you might have in the comments. I'd love to answer them potentially. Maybe do a mailbag, a playoff celebration mailbag. You know what? I'm going to jot that down right now. Confirmed. We're going to do a mailbag this week. Um, But anyway, with that all being said, please, 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 stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my Friday Faithful homies. Take care.